welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl Sandra back to recap another game this week with you guys. Uh, and it is a doozy of a game. Pretty big loss for the Red Stars, and I couldn't do it alone. So I invited my homie Claire Watkins, aka the scam originator. Claire, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, but that was an unfortunate end to our holiday last night, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> no, no, uh, I feel you. It was rough. It was absolutely rough. Uh, other than that rough game, how was uh, your 4th of July? Happy belated 4th of July, everybody. Yeah, it was good. I worked. I just, yeah, I worked a baseball game. That's all I did. And then I came home and watched some soccer. So it was very sports filled, but it was fun. Worked some baseball. That is very... Very American. <laughs> it is indeed. Did you have any uh, hot dogs? No, honestly, where I work, I I walk away from that never wanting to eat a hot dog ever again. So, uh, so no, I, I came home and I had, uh, what did I have? Just like, just a nice, you know, a nice like chicken Caesar. Not America related at all, but, uh, <laughs> but this is so boring. I had the most boring holiday in the world, but... It was fine. It was good. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't front. Like, I didn't, I also did not have any hot dogs uh, for 4th of July. I know that's, like, such a big thing, but I had, like, Mexican food because that's very American to me. And um, apologies in advance for people who are listening to the pod because I definitely, there are definitely still people here post 4th of July, like, July 5th evening, still popping off these fireworks, and it's super super annoying um so if in case you hear any stuff going on in the background i'm fine it's just probably some fireworks but uh yeah we're gonna hop right into this game it's gotta i just i keep putting it off because it's that bad but uh yeah chicago red stars lose this match against the north carolina courage they lost this game four to one um all game all game the the goals came from the from the courage and uh the rest stars didn't get on the board until stoppage time you had the 20th minute goal from crystal dunn 67th minute goal from uh, lynn williams 69th minute goal from davina uh 87th minute goal from kristen hamilton and yuki nagasato uh, with a penalty kick stoppage time goal so yeah not not great bob not on paper anyway but i gotta say uh the starting lineup for this match look really promising actually i wasn't mad about it when i saw the lineup in net we had Alyssa Nair. uh back line was brooke elby katie naughton sarah gordon and aaron gilliland midfield consisted of danny colaprico morgan bryan with her first start of the season julie ertz vanessa de bernardo also with her first start of the season and the fours rounded out with sam kerr and rosie white actually so yeah claire how did you feel when you saw this lineup I was actually very excited to to see this lineup. Uh, it's brand new for the Red Stars for this season, just completely. Uh, they, Di Bernardo got a start. Morgan Bryan got a start. LB got a start. It was kind of a new look for this home stretch. And I thought, wow, this team came to play, which is is great because I think with the Red Stars, you can kind of tell what they're trying to do based on who they put on the field. And this was definitely a team that was trying to put its technical quality forward 
against a team that has just been annihilating the rest of the field for the entire season. Dude, I, okay. So everybody knows by this point, this is what 15, 16 episodes into this, into this pod. Um, but everybody knows when you come here and and you listen to Southside Tribe, you're going to, you're going to hear some, some red stars chatter, but I just need to take a second to talk about this North Carolina courage team, man, because they are, uh, fricking unreal right now. I mean, it's just ridiculous at this point, what we're sort of seeing week in and week out from them, especially this current stretch of games where they have just taken it to their other sort of playoff contending sort of teams, sort of what they're doing to this Seattle Reign FC or what they're doing to Orlando Pride or what they just did to the Red Stars. I mean, it is just um, ridiculous. And I had the preview for this week over at Hot Time in Old Town for this match. And I typically do. I usually throw it up this week with a preview and then Claire usually comes through with the recap. And uh, I believe if I remember correctly, my player to watch for North Carolina was Crystal Dunn. And I actually, again, if I remember correctly, I think I might have mentioned that like she's sort of having this kind of like quiet 2018 MVP season, but it's only quiet because of the team that she's surrounded by, just these rock stars that are all around her. And I think any given match of any given week, you can point at somebody else on the roster and they're absolutely like sort of that MVP for that team or that week or even the league at some, at some point. Um, and I mentioned that she was going to be that player to watch. And if uh, she got cut loose and if Red Stars didn't keep an eye on her, that um, they were going to get wrecked and get wrecked. They did. Uh, Crystal Dunn. Yeah. Just setting the toll for that whole match. Yeah. Chris, I mean, Crystal Dunn, she, with that goal, that opening goal, she tied Christine St. Clair for uh, the lead in the golden boot race for this year. So you, you talk about MVP, I think, especially with the last couple of weeks that she's had in particular, that she has to be in the discussion for that MVP, uh, that MVP uh, spot, because she has been incredible. And I think a lot of the times I, I personally, just because it's fascinating. It's so interesting. have done a lot of uh, deep diving into seeing why North Carolina is so good. And a lot of that has to do with, that they have so many different ways to beat you. And unfortunately, literally one of those just is we have crystal done because you can do it. Chicago did this. They did so well in that first half uh, pressing and holding their line well and uh, kind of counteracting that midfield box that North Carolina likes so much. And then North Carolina was just like, well, none of that matters because we have crystal done. So here's a goal. To start it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. And and I I just to, you know, piggyback and sort of echo what you mentioned already, that that starting lineup that we saw that we were kind of excited about, it brought in all these things, it brought in players who were finally getting starts in twenty eighteen. Saw, you know, LB and, and Brian and DiBernardo getting their sort of first starts as, as Red Stars in, in twenty eighteen and and um, sort of like a like a question mark a little bit as as far as formation. It definitely wasn't like four three three vibe. Um, at times, really looking like sort of a four four two, maybe even sort of like a 
four, two, three, like, you know, kind of like, like one, a four, like a four, 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 like one, one, a little bit. It kind of looked like, which yeah. I guess is five some, player uh, midfield yeah. at some point. Yeah. I was like, hold up a second here. Sam Kerr was definitely up there alone until Yuki came on. That's all I know. They had, they definitely had the lone striker, but um, that midfield was in constant. It was constantly kind of morphing to try to counteract what North Carolina was doing. Yeah, and I, again, the first 20 minutes of that match were honestly just kind of ridiculous. It felt like the first 20 minutes of this match, even the first 25 minutes, because after that goal, Red Arts didn't exactly fade right away anyway, right? Um, so it, the first sort of 20 to 30 minutes of the match really kind of felt almost sort of playoff vibe-ish, really. Um, just sort of these two teams just kind of going after one another, Chicago, like getting all these looks on goals. I think for the first part of that first half, it was like 10 shot attempts for Chicago versus like three or four that Carolina had. Um, and just, yeah, just not, the finishing was just not found there. Like you could have very, the Red Stars could have very easily been up in the first half of this match. I think it was maybe right around the 17th minute where they had one of their best chances. Um Sam Kerr a couple times just getting a wide open net in front of her going 1v1 and just not being able to put it away um, and then really just sort of seeing the frustration um, settle in for her as the game progressed because um, you just knew that there were a few goals there that she should have had that night. Yeah, and I mean the crazy thing too was for the first 20 minutes Chicago actually had the shot advantage over North Carolina which – that never, ever, ever happens against that team. So I think Chicago came out with the right game plan and they needed just a couple, anyone to beat that team uh, just needs a couple things to go right. And uh, yeah, Kerr missed, missed a couple. She had a couple opportunities that she could have done better on. Um, I, I can't really comment as to probably why that wasn't working so well. I personally think she plays better in Chicago with a partner, um, and maybe is less of an effective lone striker for them because they're not sky blue. This isn't last year, but uh, I, yeah, I just think when you go out that aggressively, I think it was a good idea, but I think you also have to get a goal out of that. And uh, they weren't able to kind of finish that off. And then that opened the door for kind of the onslaught that followed. Boy. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I, I think, to have sort of had that first half that they did against this type of team um, to really just sort of keep things interesting again for that first 20 to 30 minutes. And then, you know, yeah, you conceded a goal, um, but going into halftime, you know, with a scoreline that's only one to zero um, in this league, right, is completely, completely changeable in the second half. But, oh boy, did that really, really change in the second half? Just, uh, just an onslaught. I mean, there's really, really no other way to put it. I think it was um, pretty, it, it still sort of had that competitive um, sort of vibe to it. But right around the 60th minute, you just saw the courage just really take control of this game. And then they ended up putting just two back-to-back -back goals on the Red Stars, like in that 67th and 69th or 70th. Yeah, it was just there. a two-minute stretch, 67 to 69. They went from one up by yeah. one to up by three. And then yeah, it was just, just like a bad, see all of the energy yeah. just drop out of the floor for Chicago. 
Yeah, just a bad, just a real bad stretch of five <laughs> yeah. minutes, guys. And I mean, like that's soccer, though, yeah. right? It's like that's also that's like how it Williams happens. fair play, dude. That was a hell of a shot, you know. Oh my God, are you kidding me? If any, if the crossbar was was going to help anybody, it was going to be Lynn Williams yeah, of North Carolina, exactly. right? I mean, I mean, and also we talked. Just, oh, sorry, go go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say it was just a fantastic goal. Yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the first North Carolina match, which was a one-one draw that uh, North Carolina dropped over forty shots on goal, or not on goal, but forty shots that game. But most of those were from the top of the box, which I think was by design. I think that's what Chicago wanted. And then Alyssa Nair had a great game, and they got out with the draw. But then, unfortunately, two out of those four goals for North Carolina yesterday were from the out from outside of the box. But they were just fantastic goals. So there's this is the thing where they find so many different ways to beat you, and. I don't know what you do about that. And suddenly you're down by two. And then, then Sam Mewis comes on and <laughs> drops a fantastic pass in for Dabinia. And then you're down by three and you just, they, they twirl you around and you just don't even know which way is up at some point. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's as painful as that second half was to watch. It was still sort of, um, it was still sort of interesting to sort of see this team try to work through that or play through that also just sort of some of I guess some of the adjustments you know that were made the second half subs yet you, you know Yuki Nagasato coming on for Rosie White who um I thought that was a pretty necessary sub I would have liked to have actually seen that as a halftime sub um Rosie White I think is still sort of getting her her legs under her and um trying to sort of adjust and recognize her role on this team and um there were some moments there between her and Sam Kerr where they just sort of weren't connecting and you could just sort of see see the frustration there and then um Nikki Stanton coming on in the 68th minute sort of right after that right in between that little goal onslaught you know and then uh Summer Green getting the final 15 minutes for for Vanessa DiBernardo and I, I thought you know to see Morgan Bryan and Vanessa DiBernardo both sort of get like go 70 minutes or 70 minutes plus and this game was probably like one of the biggest silver linings of this game because Morgan Bryan didn't have like she didn't have no little bitch ass game Morgan Bryan had a really really good game let's just put that on the record right now um I mean Morgan Bryan almost had an assist in this game Morgan Bryan almost had a goal in this game um way more attacking minded but yeah, do you think we're sort of maybe seeing the start of something really nice and new here in Chicago? I haven't seen Morgan Bryan with facing goal that much since what, Virginia? Like she it was definitely seemed like she walked on the field with a completely different mandate than she's been given by other coaches. We don't need her as a holding midfielder. We have Julie Ertz. We, you know, we don't need her as the playmaker. We have Vanessa DiBernardo. So she's free really just to kind of control she broke up she broke up some some movement by the courage she controlled the ball and she really was moving towards goal and i i don't want to get too excited obviously she's not a player that you know you want to get too ahead of yourself with but i thought that she looked like she was playing with more freedom and uh inventiveness than i've seen from her in a long time 
Uh, and, oh, you also mentioned, I wanted to go back to, you mentioned that Sam Kerr looked frustrated. And I, I, I do want to actually take a moment with that because I wonder a little bit if uh, it seemed like Sam Kerr was specifically very frustrated with the way she was being played by Abby Dahlkemper. Uh, and actually there's, you saw her on the, on the go 90 feet kind of get in the assistant ref's ear a little bit. And I wonder if that actually maybe is what contributed to that penalty call at the very end of the game. Uh, possibly I, I, they there, that was definitely, definitely a matchup that was worth watching. Um, a little, a little too late, right? right. 90, 90 <laughs> yeah. minutes stop, stoppage time. Um, I know there's a lot to be said about officiating in this league, both team-wise, league-wise, whatever. Um, it, but it was just one of those games, I think, where you felt like when you're just sort of drowning in goals, right, as the opposition, and you're starting to just sort of get in your head a little bit and you're starting to notice, you know, sort of the, maybe the calls that you're not getting or maybe that you would get, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I wouldn't deny that Sam Kerr maybe had a case on some moments there um, going up against that back line, going up against uh, Abby Dalkemper. Um, I mean, she's the reigning MVP. And of course you're going to be wondering why maybe you're not getting some of those calls. Um, so possibly, I mean, that definitely could have had some, you know, a factor in the frustration of all that, especially I think at that, in those later, later points of the game where it just sort of feel like, you know, you're obviously the clock is against you at this point and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm not mad at the formation. I wouldn't actually mind if this lineup or this formation actually got another game. What do you think? I think if we we're not going to be able to because they flew straight from North Carolina to New Jersey and they're on very short rest and they have a small roster. But if they could put that exact same lineup out against Sky Blue – I think they'd have just have no problem with them whatsoever. So maybe actually more or less the sky blue game than the, the following one. I want to see that lineup against the rain the following weekend, because I think I really, really think, and I, I tweeted this. I just, I thought was that first 45 minutes against North Carolina. I looked at Chicago and I thought to myself, that is a playoff caliber team. Um, and like, no, you know, nothing against the, the scam gang, but we're at the point of the season where we need to be seeing more of that. And I'd love to see that lineup against pretty much anybody, but North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really, you know, that's a really, really good point. I know that we, uh, we still run with the scam gang. I think low key, we're forever going to be uh, the scam gang. But again, like you're just getting to that point in the season where it's just like, all right, now you got to run shit. No more scamming. You got to run it. Um, but Again, it's just, uh, it doesn't feel good. You know, a loss like that never, never, ever feels good. And I think if um, you feel good about a loss and, you know, check your, you know, check check your player mentality real quick, I'm sure. But you got to have a short memory, right? You hear these players talk about it all the time. And um, luckily for the team, I mean, they've actually got a game on Saturday to try and definitely put it behind them. But before we sort of close out this match and then start sort of looking into um, the game against Sky Blue. Uh, if you had to pick a player in this type of game to maybe sort of be like your MVP of the match, who would you give it to, Claire? I, I mean, I picked Morgan Bryan. I definitely picked Morgan Bryan. Uh, I thought that she had a great game. Um, the only thing I struggle with with a game like this one is Chicago played really well and they lost four to one, right? And so I don't know. 
I wonder if, I just feel like it's possible that if they had really been looking to try to win this game, you maybe start a different midfield. You start a, you put Nikki Stanton in there to try to get things more physical in the midfield. You sit back a little bit more. You maybe have Julie Ertz as a center back just because that's necessary to deal with North Carolina's front two. Um, so I do, I do think Morgan Bryan was great. I think this, I think this formation was very good, but also very optimistic to the realities of playing North Carolina. And to that ex- ex- you know extent, I don't want to be too positive about it. Does that make sense? And that makes total sense. I definitely feel you on checking the Morgan Bryan um, excitement. Definitely got to tone that down a little bit. Got to see, you know, some games being strung together there, right? Like you would want to see from from any player. Same, I would even say same with Vanessa DiBernardo or sort of also what we're seeing from Casey Short. She's still in the process of stringing some games together. And um, I know LB um, doesn't really have any lingering injuries that we know of but you know I would even put her in that same category and and, and having to string games together now as a red star and then also Rosie White you know um so it's definitely definitely some positives to take away um from Morgan Bryan specifically but absolutely agree with needing to maybe sort of tone it down and see some more of that hopefully more consistent performances like that of course um I'm gonna also piggyback just really quickly what you just mentioned about like Nikki Stanton possibly starting. And I also thought it was actually pretty smart um, that Nikki Stanton and Alyssa Motts didn't get starts in this game. Um, yes, it's a mid midweek game. So player rotation is is definitely a thing that needs to happen um, for a week like this. But uh, those players are sitting on some yellows. And I think uh, to sort of go up against a team, I believe you mentioned it in your recap, might have had to play it a little ugly. And Chicago does not shy away from playing that kind of way, their style sometimes. And uh, I think this is actually a good match where they didn't start because uh, who knows what could have happened if they went full crunch, right? Um, but if I also had to uh, pick an MVP, I, I think I would, yes, also sort of crown Morgan Bryant in a sense. But since you already did that, I'm going to actually go with uh, Denny Colaprico um, because she was right there sort of serving him up trying to serve him up. Um, they had some opportunities on some set pieces, and Danny Colabrigo has been very, very, very good at those. Talking about Morgan Bryan, um, seeing some vintage Morgan Bryan, um, we're seeing, like, some Danny Colabrigo, more, like, vintage Morgan Bryan, like, Virginia sort of type stuff. So This is definitely um, the best game um, Danny Colabrigo's had uh, with Julie Ertz in the midfield. Yeah, and the fact that I think at times, Steve Bernardo and Colaprigo were um, having to play out wide a lot. I think actually says a lot about sort of um, their versatility as sort of these midfield players. And um, I know in the past before, a lot has been made about um, the rise of Julie Ertz as a defensive mid and where that sort of puts a player like Danny Colaprico. And um, there were a lot of, uh, I think there was a narrative around Danny Colaprico last year where um, some folks maybe thought that she kind of disappeared a little bit and that was because of the emergence of sort of um, Julie Ertz and sort of what that was going to look like this year with Julie Ertz coming back from her injury and stuff like that. And I think Danny Colaprigo has still had a ton of uh, impact on the pitch for the Red Stars. And I think this game um, actually is a testament to that. So I, I'm going to say that maybe they're co-MVPs uh, in, a, in a garbage match, right? <laughs> not, yeah, they're, not they're way, but... garbage queens for the week. For the week, yeah, they get they get that. So hopefully they they all the team all puts this one behind them and uh, 
they can go ahead and focus on Jersey. Danny Colaprigo, speaking of Jersey girls, right? We're going to preview this game really quickly. They are going to be, the Red Sox are going to be playing Sky Blue FC this Saturday in New Jersey. Claire, do you have any predictions for this match? Ugh, I don't want to predict more misery for Sky Blue, but also these are three points that Chicago desperately needs. I think they look good. Um, I think if they if they drop this one, that will be to me maybe even more disappointing than uh, what we saw yesterday. Yeah, absolutely, definitely agree with you on that one. I have a similar feeling about this match um, as I did kind of against the, the match that they had against the the Washington Spirit. Um, you know that on paper, this is absolutely a team that they should take all three points from, um, that they should go in there and sort of definitely take out their frustrations on, on their loss <laughs> and um, just come away with not just three points, but I think a very confident three points. I think that's at this point in the season, I think that's even more important than just sort of getting the points is sort of how you're getting them, the type of soccer that you're playing, the confidence and the, and the more sophistication that's coming with your style of play. Um, all that stuff is important down the stretch. And while so early enough in the second half of the season to sort of still be optimistic, um, I think it's important to take a match like this on paper and make sure that you just sort of get the job done. Um, Especially because, for, you know, for whatever, you know, whatever reason, Portland couldn't put Sky Blue away last weekend. Um, and then basically all of, we didn't get a chance to kind of talk about this, but uh, all of the Chicago's closest rivals for a playoff spot dropped weird points last weekend. And so that's an opportunity for the Red Stars to kind of make up some ground by not dropping weird points. The North Carolina game, getting a point out, I mean, that is one where those two are not in competition because North Carolina is running away with the league. So it, it's more just about you have to get the points where you can take them. And a full three against Sky Blue is, you know, not only expected, but necessary because they're going to have tougher games coming up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, don't get it twisted. Like, definitely want to have all three points coming coming out of this match. Um, I think that all that being said, I think it's important to note that the Sky Blue, although they are having a very rough season, very, very lowly, just very bad soccer season in New Jersey, uh, they've got themselves two points. And one of those points is from the Red Stars. They absolutely came out of Toyota Park earlier in the season and scammed the scam gang with a point on the season. So those little two lowly points, one of those belonged to the Red Stars. So I uh, definitely would like to see uh, this team just sort of go in there and put it away. I think these are both two teams that are not the same type of team when they last met each other. They met pretty early um, in the season, and the Red Stars were – pretty broken and sky blue were sort of in that phase of like, we're still figuring it out kind of thing. Um, and now these two teams are in just different areas altogether. You've got one team that's currently in a playoff position and is eyeing more points and is coming off of a, coming off of a loss, but also coming off of a very, very good month of soccer. And then you've got 
Sky Blue FC, who are just seem to be trending down, just downward in every way, shape, and form. Um, so definitely want to get all three points coming out of this match. As far as player rotation, um, who do you think you maybe want to see in this match for the Red Stars? I think you start, you absolutely start Nikki Stanton. Um, I think you get Casey Short some more minutes since she didn't play um, on Wednesday. I think uh, up top, probably Yuki goes back in uh, since she only, she only got like 30, right? This yesterday. She didn't get a full. Yeah, yeah. she subbed in in the 60th minute. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I think she starts. uh, But the reality of it is that the Red Stars roster is actually just pretty small right now. I think maybe you put Alyssa Motts in there. Maybe, you know, maybe if you want to keep Yuki as a sub again for that one, you put Alyssa Motts in. Um, But, yeah, I think they just do the rotation that they can and then, you know, just hope that everyone else is, is fit enough to maybe play a bit of a slower game against Sky Blue. Yeah, no, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, Saturday, I believe the match is going to be at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. My Eastern and Central times are kind of goofed up right now. But it's an evening-ish match for the most part. And they're already in Jersey, which is good. They were able to just – they stayed on the East Coast, which was smart. They just flew up there today. So they hopefully – Maybe not, obviously not full rest, but they're doing a good job of kind of keeping that controlled. So hopefully they'll uh, they'll be doing okay. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, looks it's uh, six o'clock. Sorry, guys. Like I think you're watch it on Go Ninety while you still can, because that's about to be R.I.P. Did soon. you see? Did you see the banner at the top of Go Ninety yesterday? That was basically just like this platform is disappearing at the end of the month. Yeah, it's like just letting you know, don't enjoy this too much. It's going away. Yeah. I was cracking up. It's it's a fun. <laughs> I was like, wow, what an appropriate banner to have over this game that I have to <laughs> like, tweet about and report about. Like, it's just so appropriate because I just want all of this to go away from my face yeah. right now. Yeah, no. But uh, Go90 is going to be the platform to watch that on, at least until July 31st. And then from there, all the games are going to be streamed um, via the NWSL website or the NWSL app, which you can download on your smartphone and other devices. Um, but yeah, uh, really quickly for the content that's coming out besides this podcast that you're all taking the time to enjoy, uh, there's going to be another game preview that's probably out already once you hear this, um, previewing the upcoming game this weekend. And there was a question that was pitched to actually one of our Chicago Fire contributors over at Hot Time and All Time. Ruben always does a mailbag uh, every Friday and it's, Apparently caught the eyes of a, a Red Stars fan, and they asked a Red Stars question on a Chicago Fire mailbag, and I love that. I thought that that was awesome, and they they added me, <laughs> they added me on this uh, Ask Hot Time um, hashtag, uh, and they it was kind of funny because uh, if you haven't listened to it already, Rory Dames was a guest on the Southside Trap not too long ago, about two episodes ago, and. One of the questions that I asked him that I knew he wasn't going to answer, but I had to ask him anyway. He absolutely did not answer. But um, I asked him that if everybody on his roster was good and healthy, 100% fitness, what would uh, the Red Stars lineup be like? What would his ideal starting 11 be for his team? And, of course, he didn't answer. He didn't give me that. And that's fine. I respect that. Um, But 
Janet, I believe, shout out to Janet, is the person who actually asked this on Twitter and added me uh, to ask me about who my ideal starting 11 this season for the Red Stars would be if everyone was healthy. And I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to answer it for Ruben's um, mailbag since that's happening tomorrow as well on Friday. Um, so look for it there at Hot Time Real Time. But I'm going to ask you right now, Claire, because I'm interested in what yours would look like if all of the Chicago Red Stars were fully healthy, at peak fitness, who would your starting 11 be for this team? Okay. Hear me out. I really liked what we rolled out this week. Uh, so I'm going to go with, and I'm, I'm going to, I I'm going to say also kind of a little bit how I would move the formation around uh, later in matches. But anyway, so I listen air and then my defense would be Casey short, Sarah Gordon, Katie Naughton, uh, Aaron Gilliland. I would go with the 4-4-2. I'd have Danny Colaprico, Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryan, and Vanessa DiBernardo in my midfield, and I would have Yuki and Sam up top. However, if we needed to make... But, but the reason I like that as a starting 11 is because it's malleable. So we start there, right? We possess through the midfield. Uh, you know, Yuki and Sam have their tandem going up top. Everything's great. If it needs to be adjusted... That means you can bring Brooke Elby in for Aaron Gilliland, push Gilliland up further if we need to grab a goal. Uh, In the opposite, you can bring in someone like Rosie White and then drop Julie Ertz back into the center back role should you need to go more defensively minded for whatever reason. So I like that starting 11 because I think it puts our strongest, uh, most experienced 11 on the field, but also because I think that is a good starting point that you can, and then it also allows other players on the team to uh, come in as impact subs. So that's what I'm going with. I dig it, Claire. And for everybody listening, uh, you might have just previewed the starting 11 for me. And so, yeah. <laughs> but this is why this is why I love recapping games with you, Claire. This is why I love talking Chicago Red Stars with you because I feel like you and I both share sort of like half a Red Stars brain and that's what we both share, like sort of a Chicago brain and that aspect. They're not mad about it at all. So I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be with me and chat this game. It was a difficult game to get through. So I was like, I'm definitely going to have to do this one with Claire. Yeah, you need, sorry. we needed to, to commiserate with one another. Yeah, nah, man. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry that I just couldn't be there in person. We're totally doing this online, y'all. This is via, like, just yeah. sort of a recording app. And... um we're definitely not like sharing the living space right now, having a brew. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm definitely having a beer right now, but I'm not like <laughs> having it, definitely not having it with Claire in a living, in a living space or for all my Chicagoans out there. We're not chilling in the front room right now talking about <laughs> Chicago things, but I will come later. We'll, we'll do that. We'll toast to a win next time. How about that? We'll toast to a win and we'll, you know, cheers your new place too. Cause I know you've been doing a lot of moving yeah. and stuff right now, but uh, I want you to plug yourself and where the good people can find you and all your work before we go. Yeah. So uh, I'm all over hot time in old town all the time. They just gave me the keys to the Twitter y'all. So it's getting real over there. Uh, I also write for the equalizer uh, and you can find me on Twitter at scout Ripley. That is the name of my band and also of myself on Twitter. So Find me there. I can't. I find that I, when there is soccer on, I can't stop tweeting. So come find me. 
It's going to be so good. I'm so glad we gave you more outlets to tweet about soccer things for. It's going to be really exciting. If you're into the intro and the outro of this podcast, that is a preview of Scott Ripley, the band, and their work. So you should definitely go support them on all streaming outlets. And you can also buy their stuff at where, Claire? Oh, we have a band camp, uh, scottripley.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Boom. Go support your local Chicago band, y'all definitely go give them some love if you want to give us some love you can follow southside trap podcast at southside trap pod that's with one letter p southside trap pop if you want to follow me and my shenanigans you can do that on twitter as well you can follow me at stand underscore that's h-e-r-r-e-r-a underscore and if you want to just like read any of our work and catch up on all our our stuff this week you can do that at hottime.com Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Peace.